I'm so thankful for TJ Winningham. His story that he told to the college age group last year, the powerful message he brought this last year here about you know trying to do it on his own because he's got this great skill, talent, and ability, you know, and then all of a sudden he realizes, you know what, this is bigger than me. And he cried out to God, and God delivered miraculously. We each have skill, talent, and ability. I asked them to come back again and share the importance of the intentional application of our skill set. Not just, well, I'm a good photographer, and I'm a good you know, this, or I'm a good that. But now employ it in drawing people in. Have a character that's outstanding, flawless, as we said last night. And now use your skill set. Use that experience. Use that giftedness to build the kingdom. We only got, I believe, a few years left. Now, I might be wrong, but there's no, there's no problem in building the kingdom with fervency now because that's going to give us a stronger base for when things, if this is not when everything's shaken out, down the road when it does. We need to build our young men because they're the next wave. And young men, where are they? They're out boating. They're out fishing. They're out, you know, riding motorcycles. They're out. What are they doing? Well, that's what young men do. The problem is, is that those young men are going to face the lion, not Jesus, the lion who prowls around here. They already are, but in the near future, and he's going to slaughter them all. One of the guys here said, he and I grew up in the world and we had to claw our way out of the hole and mess and it's taken us so long. And what's being raised up in the church, sadly, is spiritual snowflakes because they've never experienced the fight to get out of the garbage. Well, they're going to unfortunately have that fight, but we better give them the equipment to crawl out faster. Amen? I'm thankful for TJ. He crawled out of that hole too, just like you and I crawled out of that hole, and now he's, he's really making it happen. Now, I'll tell you what, he's still young in the faith, but I'm so proud of him, super proud of him, see? When I asked him to preach, and it wasn't just but four weeks ago, he goes, okay. I gave him a few verses, I told him what he wanted, and I said, you can do this because of your experience. Man, I know he's going to do a great job. So would you please give him a warm round of applause and appreciation, T.J. Winningham. Bring it on, brother. I love you. Okay. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, Bill just talked about something that uh, just perfect set up here for me. Uh, it was about you know crawling out of the hole, um, and I can quite literally. Uh, have lived that firsthand uh six six and a half years ago uh april 19th i'm in santa cruz california i'm i'm at rock bottom i'm at rock bottom to the point where i'm in a cave on the capitola beach crying to god to save me because i am in such a bad way i have a broken arm I have a giant gash on top of my head. I just narrowly missed being murdered previously the night before and almost died in a CVS 
parking lot. And I meandered around the entire night pondering, I don't want to die like this. You know, I don't want my legacy to be that, you know, like I want, I was meant for more than that. And I always knew that there was always the left and the right. I was, the Lord had always given me an option, always. For whatever reason, I had always decided to do things TJ's way. And that way has found me in a cave in Capitola, California, begging him to save me and forgive me. And I promised him, I said, Lord, if you get me out of this, if you get me out of here, I will be a good man. I am sorry. I am so sorry. I was like, when that guy, he was going to murder me, you could see the look in his face when he was going to swing. I get hit with a chain and a lock about three times. And that fourth time was going to kill me. And I could see the evil in this man's face as he swung it. And I hear stories all the time about my life flashed before my eyes and i never understood that and i didn't know what it meant exactly until i found myself looking at this evil man gonna murder me and before he could swing that for the fourth time and kill me my entire life before he could swing that thing and hit me i my whole life my son that I was estranged from, my drug addictions, my alcoholism, my everything, all the things I had let down, all the things I had done and am not going to be able to achieve, flashed right before my very eyes. And it was like the Lord had told me, you either get up and you fight right now and live or you die. And if I were to die at that moment in that terrible parking lot, I can't tell you, I can't imagine I would have went to heaven. I had not lived anywhere near my potential. I had done everything the easy way up until that point. Up until that point, I had just been completely selfish and not not given my, my best effort to say the very, very least. So I find myself in this cave. I begged, begged him to save me, begged for forgiveness. My brother randomly finds me. I come out the cave, come out the cave. I'm meandered back to Santa Cruz, you know, like, oh, just head hung as low as you could get. My brother randomly finds me, uh, says, T, we got to get you some help. Sends me to Eugene, Oregon. I it come out of there. That's what that's what got me here. My brother sent me to uh, randomly finds me after I saved me. You know, please, I'll be a good man. Saves me. I come out. My brother, my brother finds me the very next morning. Puts me on a bus. I I come to Eugene to this place and um, got some help. Got some help. When I'm in this place. Uh, my father told me I finally mustered up the courage to call my father. And uh, he said, T, I don't, 
I don't know how to help you, but I can tell you that you can't do it without God. The Lord is your only hope. The Lord is your only hope. What, whatever you've done up until this point, I'm just telling you, T, you can't keep doing this. You're going to die. You're the Lord's only, your only chance. And I took that to heart. I took that to heart. All these things that, I mean, he saved me. I mean, literally, literally sent me up here. And it's amazing. It's amazing. So uh, last year, uh, G4 was actually um, really important for me spiritually. Um, to stand up and, and preach the Word of God and to share it with my sons. And um, it was the very first time that I felt like a real Christian. Um, I know that when I was baptized and I was lifted up out of the water, that I was a new man, the old man that had let everybody down and that had done all these terrible things, not lived up to his potential, that man went down the river behind me and the new man came up. And, and, and why it took me three years to actually feel that and believe that was, uh, I don't know. I don't know why exactly, you know, Satan, the great deceiver, you know, Amen. he always in my ear, like, these people don't believe you. These are good people. You know, you're not, who are you kidding? You know, all the time, all the time. It was a constant, uh, constant fight in my own mind. Um, but for whatever reason, I was driving here. I was taking my boys to Dairy Queen. I was just kept telling myself, like, I, I'm, a, I'm doing this. I am. I'm a Christian. I am doing this. I can do this. Amen. Right? Believed in myself. You know, for the first time in a long time, I had a lot, a lot of disappointments leading up to that. So, you know, when Bill gave me my topic of competency, I had to think about it and, and uh, you know, I guess he's right. You know, I've, for the last seven years-ish, I have been striving for that very thing, you know, to be that confident, confident person, husband, father, worker, employee, etc. Um, but, you know, my resume, when you look, when you look at my resume, it says 20 plus years in construction uh, experience. Eh, it's, it's right, it's the truth. But I only got about seven years of actually trying. I leave that out, you know, when, when you, you apply for jobs and things like that. I don't, I don't put in there, like, I tried for seven of those. You know, I, I left that out. Um, 
Uh, anyways, uh, if, uh, turn to uh, Psalms 34, 4 through 7, and, and, and this is uh, something I go back to. It's something I said is my, my topic last year was, uh, you know, trusting God's plan and, and not allowing myself to wait till I'm in pure desperation where I'm not sitting in a cave where I'm not defeated because I've bitten off more than I can chew in my hallway because I have a deadline and I could lose my home and get sued and you know um have I done that perfectly since I preached it no (laughs) I've gotten a light year better though I've gotten way better like when I just feel things heading south I just pray about it and I and I and I don't allow the desperation anymore you know so um, Psalms 34 4 through 7 said I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears they looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And he saved him. And he saved him out of all of his troubles. The angels of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he rescues them. Amen. Amen. Time and time again, this has happened to me. You know, and I always know he's sitting there like, come on. What are you doing? Come on, man. You, <laughs> here we are. You're desperate. You know, anyways, the, uh, he saved me so that I can be here, that I can be with my kids and that I can be a husband. I can be uh, a good employee. I did, uh, I got my help. I got out of rehab. I was going, I drive to Medford just to go to church and, and be in a safe pace, place with my parents because I didn't trust myself on my own. So I would get up at 4.30 in the morning, I would hi- hike a mile to get to the bus, take the bus to work. I had no license. I've really been screwing up. I didn't have a license, I didn't have a truck, I didn't have anything. So I'd get up, walk to the bus, bus would take me to work, I'd work all day, I'd take a bus home. I had a buddy that I lived with at the recovery house, and I would go to the gym every day, every day. If I wasn't at a meeting or at church with my parents or or whatever, I was at the gym, and I would lift weights until I couldn't lift one because I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to be um, by myself. So that went on for a year, and then... I decided I was lonely and I and I felt pretty good. I didn't have to lift the weights till I couldn't stand up anymore. I could kind of tr- I built a little trust in myself. So I started looking for a wife and then I found my the love of my life. I found the love of my life and and everything that I prayed for started started to happen. Um She 
instilled confidence. Having that extra person that loves you, you know, that can steer you in the direction that you, you know, I still have a lot of self-doubt. I still have a ton of self-doubt at this time. And, you know, having that person that reassures you that you can do it, Amen. you know, um, like I said, I had 20 plus years experience, but I really got to this day about seven years of actually trying, right? Um, we got married, met my wife. We got married. We started a family. It's, it started to weigh on me. My, I need to provide, right? I've got 15 years experience, but I'm pretty much just a trained monkey that climbs around and nails things where they're supposed to go. You know, I put no thought into why. Why does this go here? But, you know, like, I've n I don't even know. I don't know how to look at plans. I don't know the order of things. I just know he tells me to nail it here. And I'm really fast at it, so they like me. Right? Um, but you only pay that guy so much. That guy's only worth so much, no matter how fast he can nail it up. He's only worth so much. So I kind of peeked out as the trained monkey, right? <laughs> I'd maxed out. <laughs> I got all the money I could get for the trained monkey position. So uh, it started to weigh on me that I, you know, I I needed to provide for my family, and I started to pray about it. I started to pray about it. Uh, the guy I was working underneath um, got fired, and lo and behold, uh, they needed a lead carpenter, and the guy, my pro the project manager at the time, just handed me a set of pl plans and said, here's a $850,000 home, custom home to build balloon frame. I don't know how to read plans. But when he handed me the blueprints, I just knew not to say no. It's like, all right, this is what I prayed for. Here we go. Here we go. So here we go. So he hands me these, and I took those prints home, and me and my wife stayed up every evening. I knew what I was going to do, how I was going to do it the night before, and she, her and I learned how to read blueprints together in my in our living room. No one knew the difference. You know, he said, can you do it? I said, yep, and I did it. So <laughs> me and Melissa literally taught each other how to read blueprints right there on my kitchen table. And yeah, amen, amen. So uh, <laughs> uh, that started, um, that started the whole thing as far as um, me becoming competent as far as in the construction field. Um, <clears throat> and I became superintendent shortly after that. <clears throat> I did uh, my first job was this really big, difficult job. I blew my ACL in half, uh, tore my ACL in half in the middle of that project. Didn't. I knew that there was a lot riding on it, so I didn't go to the doctor, but just 
bandage her up and hobbled around on the job and um, got it done about three weeks early because um, I was so worried about it. You know, I knew that it was sink or swim. In fact, he told me that, you know, when he handed it, hey, here's your chance, sink or swim. And uh, I decided I wanted to swim. You know, I had, I had prayed for the opportunity, you know, and I, I want to say that, you know, tearing my ACL in half and being willing to get up early, get to the job early and stay late, hurt like that, showed the Lord that I was willing. I was going to make the most out of the opportunity. You know, um, I got to the end of the job. Uh, I finally go get my knee checked. And they're like, yeah, you have no ACL. Like, you, you don't have one. So uh, better get that fixed. Uh, the guy I worked for the company is like, you did that job with a torn ACL. You know, he must have liked that. Um, made me a superintendent shortly thereafter. Um, so <clears throat> from the time I started at Dorman within... A year and a half, I went from laborer to superintendent, and that's because I was trying, <laughs> you know, like, and I can't think of a time where I prayed more. That wasn't a, a desperation prayers. It was like, okay, Lord, help me through today. Help me learn what I need to learn today, and it was all the time. Like, I, I honestly can't think of a time where I prayed more. Like, it was just a daily thing because I knew I needed him. You know, I had no, I couldn't rely on myself, you know, because I'm still learning. I was still a process of, of learning every little detail other than the installation part. I know how to do that. But there's a whole big picture, huge, that, that I, I'm learning as I go, you know. But just being confident and believing in myself and believing that the Lord is going to help me pushed me through that whole thing. And before you know it, you know, I'm, I'm not just the lead carpenter. I'm a superintendent and I'm overseeing other trades, you know, where I'm just I'm doing their overseeing all their stuff. So um, becoming competent, competent competent was uh was a process and i kind of got there by spending a lot of time being incompetent and you know like it's a process Amen. like you don't just wake up one day and you're just this competent you know it's a process. And unfortunately for me personally, I learn all my stuff the hard way. Like, you know, most people don't need some guy to try to murder them before they're like, hey, this lifestyle is not that good. You know, like this isn't my favorite. I should probably fix this. There was plenty of cues before that. Like I didn't need, that wasn't just like a one-off that happened <laughs> one day. Like I was, it was, there was plenty of other times I should have done that. Uh, the definition 
of competency. The ability to do something successfully or efficiently. Meaning, you gotta, they gotta trust that you're gonna be able to do it and do a good job, right? And you get there, reputation matters, man. I mean, every, that's why I, when I, I moved up here, I stayed here because my reputation was different here than it was there. And I was building a new one, you know, that yeah. old, the old me was dead, hmm. you know, but they don't know that. that it's a small town, Medford. They, they still see me as the guy that's going to screw up, you know. So I wanted a fresh start. I wanted a fresh start, and I wanted to start over. And uh, my reputation here, I like to think, is, is really good. I mean, and that's taken a lot of work. And... I take a lot of pride in people trusting me. I, I, I tell my kids all the time, man, it just takes one second to lose trust. It takes a long, long time to build it back. Amen. You know, to get somebody to actually trust you, that's a difficult thing. Or it should be. And it should. It should be. Uh... Proverbs chapter 1, starting in 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and do not forsake your mother's teachings. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. A lot of my ability to pull myself up out of the mud is with who I spend time with. Amen. It's a huge thing. If I don't respect or admire you in some way, I won't hang out with you. And it's not that I don't, you know, I'm not judging everybody. I just, I want to win. I, I want to win. Amen. And Jesus loves winning. It's all over in here. It's all over in this book. You know, it says right here. Do you not know those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Amen. He wants run to like win. Jesus, man. Yeah, run, run like Jesus. Jesus. And if you're, you know, you're hanging out with the wrong people, it's just a matter of time right. until you're doing whatever they're doing. Yep. You know, so uh, my advice to like our youngers, is you know be careful who who you hang out with and try to just just in, be around people that you admire and respect and want something from even not not money yes, knowledge yes, yes, yes. knowledge you want to talk to somebody that's going to make you smarter <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to dumb it down you 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 want to spend time around okay. people 
that 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 grow your spirit right either spiritually or you know you're going to learn something from that's that's what i think um that is what the book says uh Second uh, Corinthians. Chapter 3, starting verse 4. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. Amen. Right? All those prayers and all, I know that it wasn't me that built that, that was able to do that. You know, the fact that if the only times I ever got in real trouble was when I thought it was, was me and I got too big for my britches and cocky and was like, hey, I did this. This is all me. You know, somehow I missed a step and had to go back and fix something. So when I was able to do that, jump it's because i prayed i prayed to god and asked him to help me i gotta provide for my family we need more there's too many mouths i gotta you know gotta feed these guys so he answered me and he provided me with ways around it i got you know i could have been i mean i like i said i wouldn't try him i was just a trained monkey bouncing around in the rafters nailing stuff up where Boss man told me for years and had no, I don't know, I was fine with it for a long time. I'd just get your paycheck and do whatever, right? But when I started to pay attention and try and pray, just the whole different perspective was shown to me. Like, you know, this is, you know, time to be an adult. Okay, you can't just bounce around in the rafters like a monkey forever. Okay, so he showed me the way and just provided one opportunity after the other. You know, like boom, 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 one, one after the other. Okay. Ah. Uh, we, uh, I coach, I coach wrestling, um, and this was one of my downfalls. Uh, I was really good. I was really good at it when I was younger, and uh, but I never made anything of it. I'm not a state champion. All these, uh, uh, mostly because of arrogance and you know self reliance. I wasn't involved in the church i didn't you know know how to pray and work ethic didn't i knew how to work hard but i didn't i don't know i was just a cocky young kid and and i made some mistakes um i suffered from from substance abuse pretty early and i just um i don't know it's a it's a regret you know and and uh i coach now i really do try to help the kids understand like how important it is to stay the course and 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 work hard and 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 some humility and all these things are 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 
club was called Cornerstone. Mm. Um, and like we talked about yesterday and this morning and, um, everybody, uh, has their part that they play. You know, everybody has their, I like preaching at G4, you know, I don't, this is too nerve wracking for me to do like on a, on a weekly basis. I think it's a really hard on me. I get, you know, I, I can talk in front of a hundred, 250 people at a wrestling tournament, tell them the rules, the, the who, what, where, and where, how, and on a microphone doesn't bother me, but standing up here in front of you guys makes me nervous. And so I don't, you know, this is a every once in a while thing for me. So, but, but what I was saying is everybody has, uh, their, their part and we get the opportunity. Uh, we started, bought, uh, some wrestling mats and put our savings into this wrestling club, um, that now, you know, kind of pays for itself and we get to reach out to kids in our community that without it i mean you guys some of the good stuff that we do at at cornerstone is amazing it is amazing some of these kids come in there and they got to be helped in because they're so terrified they're so terrified to even walk in the room you know and we nurture these guys in and and get them going and before long these guys are animals this day and age i i see it more and more and we're raising a bunch of sissies yep we are we're raising a bunch of sissies and um i just think it's important to have those warriors that know how to work hard and aren't scared to battle you know that you got I mean, for me, I want, when things get tough, I want somebody next to me that battle-tested, Yep. right? I want right. somebody that's going to gonna hold their weight, right? Yep. So, uh, uh, 1 Timothy 1, Starting in verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. I was all those things. I was all those things. All of them. <laughs> and he showed me mercy. And this is, you know, and I, I truly believe like the club is my way of giving back my way to show Christ's love and to be there to be consistent you know I'm hard on these kids I've worked them hard and I you know and I'm right there with them 
and I'm right there with them. We had a uh, uh, COVID happened, so our original club shut down because it was through the school district. I got a phone call on the way. I got about 50 kids sitting there waiting to practice, and the athletic director calls and says, hey, no practice. I'm like, well, today or nope, no practice at all. We're shutting it down for the year. I'm like, oh, okay. So I got to go there. I explained this to all these kids you know it's really difficult to tell them and and you know like hey we're try to try to figure something else out well we got uh our our friends uh called us up and they have a barn a barn so uh with wrestling mats and we had a we couldn't get everybody in there but we got our select few there was six of us and we beat each other up for an entire seven months. And uh, five out of six kids that practiced regularly, three days a week at least at the barn, were state champions and had never, never won it previous. That's not bad. Truman's going to get his this year. So he, he got fourth. Probably should have got second. It's all right. We'll get uh we'll get her this year, but that was we that was just another opportunity. Like one door shut with another door opened. We moved from that facility to another facility. Um got the mats, uh rented a big space. Um those people we were subleasing through and paying our rent to didn't pay their rent so i had three days to buy wrestling mats because we were out loaned some i had to buy them find them buy them deliver find a new place and build a facility i was able to do that in three days time just because the lord provided people donated materials we found a wrestling mat showed up we got a place together in three days, we didn't miss one practice. And we were literally at our shutdown one day. Um, we've, again, uh, that facility, they tried to double our rent. So we found another place for a really good deal with a year lease. And it's, you know, and it's continually growing. God just refuses to let this thing get shut down. Just one thing after the other. Just He's just not going to let it happen. Just whatever you know, trust in God's plan. Man, I don't even sweat it anymore. It was nerve-wracking for me. Now I'm just like, well, God's not going to let it happen. So, you know, whatever. Totally fine. Um, yeah, I think so. You know, there's a lot of it. You know, and when you're doing the right thing and you're doing God's work, like I said before, He loves winning. He loves winning, you know, and you can't lose mm-hmm. in that situation. You just can't. It's just like, you know, it, no matter, it's no, no use. I don't even need to get all worked up about it because, you know, if it doesn't, it's because it's ran its course. I, I, I would be, you know, I tried my best and, and, and that's all that matters, you know, and, and if it does end abruptly, that it was not meant to be. And I, and I'm okay with things like that now, you know, whereas it would tear me up before. 
Um, so I'm doing on time. I'm going long here. I'm doing all right. All right. Um, we'll get, uh, my part of, I, I, I've changed jobs since I'm no longer a superintendent anymore. I got, uh, well, I chickened out. <laughs> I, I'll probably never get out of the construction field completely. Like I'll do my own side stuff probably forever, but the recession coming on, um, I, I just got, uh, I built a pretty good resume and, um, I work for a credit union now as a facilities guy, super cush job. See, I wanted more, prayed for that. I prayed for that. I was tired of pounding nails. You know, the trained monkey thing was wearing on my body and I was starting to get tired and I'd go and coach wrestling every evening after pounding nails for 10 hours can make a guy tired. So that's what I prayed for. And this. Uh, job opportunity just kept coming at me, landed on my lap, and I and I finally took it. So uh, my my uh, last job, um, like big job, was actually for my dad, and um, it was, you know, just another God thing. You know, I had spent. My dad has been good to me forever my dad's a good man and I I never miss a day where I don't think about him and I never miss a day where I pray that my sons don't put me through what I put my dad through I I don't I just like oh lord please don't let him do that you can punish me some other way some other way uh, so to go through all the things with my dad um, and for him to still call me, um, I needed one last job before when I took this new job, I got, um, I got, I didn't know that they were going to deduct all our insurance so that I wasn't going to, I was going to go almost a month without being paid. So, because they take the insurance, because I, I, I gave them a month's notice as opposed to the two weeks notice. If I would have quit on the 30th, as opposed to give them the notice, they wouldn't have deducted my entire month's wages, pretty much. Um, so, since I decided I'd give my boss a month as opposed to two weeks, that's how it worked out. Well trying to be a man of my word and, and stick it out. I, I knew that I was going to be financially in trouble because we're still paycheck to paycheck. I'm digging myself out of this huge hole. I mean, I was homeless six years ago, six and a half years ago, you know, and homeless to homeowner has its costs in a short amount of time. Right. So we're still paycheck to paycheck. And when I found out uh, I wasn't going to get paid, I was scrambling and my dad found that out and called me. He said, Hey, why don't you come down to my house and, uh, put on, uh, this metal roof for me. And I'm thinking, dad, that's a, I, I've done a lot of, I've done, you know, five metal roofs. I think that's not a lot. Uh, and, but they've all been gable to gable. They've been like barns. Yours is a hip roof 
and it's cut up and I gotta it's a lot to it, Dad. I don't know if you want me to do that. No, I want you to do it. You you I I can help you out. You can help me out. This is gonna be a win win. You just come down, you can do it. I'm like, Dad, I try to talk this guy out of it every way. Even though I needed it. I didn't want I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to let him down. You know, I didn't know I was capable. You know, and I've done bigger jobs. I'd never done that particular deal, but I mean, I've done million dollar jobs. This is a $20,000 roof. Um, it's not, it wasn't the roof. It wasn't the job. It was my dad, you know, and I'd spent 30, 40 years kind of being a butthead, you know, and not, you know, I worked for him hauling water, his water trucking company. I was a terrible employee. It's terrible. You know, and, and, uh, no, T, you can do it. Just come down. We're, we'll get it done. You can do it on the weekends. I'm still working during the week and coming down there on the weekends, um, to get that done. And I'm trying to beat the rain. And of course I figured out, you know, about, uh, you know, I, I think I pretty think pretty highly of myself when it comes to like times like when I can get things done. You might've heard that from my previous thing, but I, I knew once we did the tear off, like I got to beat the rain that we got three weeks ish with a little bit of drizzle. I got to get this thing dried in, installed and beat the rain, you know? And, uh, we started the project and, and the, and the fact that he was able with all the other stuff that I'd done and not done. And he still, was able to trust me and the job came out perfect and it was such a good thing to for me and I never I'd probably seen my father cry one other time in my life but when I got off the roof uh he handed me four thousand bucks I wouldn't ask him for four thousand bucks I wanted two I was able to save him about $10,000 uh, even after he paid me. And it was, it was such a good moment for me to be like, he helped me and I helped him and he trusted me. And it was just such a great deal. And I can see my dad actually happy with tears for me was awesome. It was awesome. Um, you guys turn to Psalms uh 22 yeah yeah just like it that's what i'm getting to right here that's right that's right Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. He says, In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and they were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. Man, that, you know, didn't, was finally able to like have a little closure. Because he, he never gave up on me, man. Like, never, ever gave up on me. And I give, I can't say that I wouldn't have thrown the towel in 
for somebody that, I mean, I was a turd. Uh, I mean that like, uh, my dad stuck it out man, and, and stuck by me regardless of all the stuff man. the father's love. I don't know. I, I mean, boy, I, there's times I look back and I suffer from, you know, guilt and shame. I got to think back to that. Like, I'm like, man, man, mm. I can't believe I did that. And please don't let my children do that to me. <laughs> All right, last one. We'll close her up. Uh, Hebrews 13, starting in 5. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Amen. And that's, uh, you know, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to have two fathers like that. I have my heavenly father and my, and my real father, you know. And I think that he's a great example of a man and how you just just don't give up, man. Don't give up. You know, people can change, you know. And I like to think that I'm an example of that. And I, I, and I constantly, I had this guy, his name is Dave, and he's, he's passed on. But I was in that rehab and I went go in. And they would start throwing out all these statistics. Less than 1% of you is going to live. And less than 1% of you is going to make it through. And less than I went in and I sat down and I was like, man, I'm leaving. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, I, I'm, you know, you just said it yourself. I got less than 1%. What makes you think that I'm going to be the guy? He just leaned forward and says, just be that guy. That's all it requires. Mm -hmm. That's all it requires. Right. I look exactly in my rearview right. mirror every yep. single day on the way to work and tell myself, I am that guy. That's right. I Amen. never miss that. Amen. I never. I am that guy. I am that guy. It's that simple. It's that simple. I am. I am that guy. And you just believe it. You say it to yourself and you act in a certain way. Believe it and you'll be it. That's right. And that's what I got, gentlemen. Amen. Woohoo! Yeah. Give me a hug. That was awesome. <laughs> that, was that, that was a good lesson. Yeah. Woo! Talk about, you know, the illustrations that you used were absolutely fantastic. Made me tear up about my dad. That's good stuff. So I'll tell you what, gentlemen, uh, TJ doesn't preach anything like me, but man, I loved how you preach. You're so different than me, but man, I think I probably need to listen to you and take some notes. I'm serious. How many thought his, his examples fit perfectly with the scriptures? You know what really scares me? Not really. I think it's awesome because you got Brian Bragg coming up next and you got, you know, you got Brother Kirk here is going to preach and Matt, you know, these guys I helped become Christians and now they preach better than I do. And I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. It's awesome. That's how it ought to be. Just like Barnabas, right? Barnabas saw there's other men that can take it to the next level. You're one of those guys. But right at you said at the end, man, it's it's Christ in you that makes you that man. Yep. 
you're not saying I am the man because I am so I love myself so much. Is so I am the man because he loves me so much, and he took that old man and trashed him and gave me this new man, Christ in me, and now we can do this. We can do this. You're looking in the mirror and saying, I am the man. That's exactly right. But who's the man? Jesus. So we need to remember that, man. It's the new creation. You're Christ embodied. And that's not being arrogant. That's not being a heretic. People will say that. That that was a great lesson. you know. And your dad, obviously, man, stayed the course with you. Your heavenly father is going to stay the course with you. Gentlemen, be intentional. And I'm going to give you a charge. See that Matt Club cornerstone? Yeah. We're called the cornerstone leadership concept thing yeah, yeah. and the cornerstone truth. Guess what? There's there's harvesting that can go on there because they trust you. You told me this morning around the fire that that came, guy worked on your truck, paid for the parts, gave you the time. Why do you do that? Because you've invested in him and his son. He trusts you. Mm-hmm. Now invest some spiritual things in him. And if he comes work on my truck, I'm not going to try to get him in the water right then but i'm going to start setting things up so we'll work we'll team we'll team we'll team wrestle this guy until he's worn out and we'll immerse him into christ amen Amen. that's how we're going to do that see look he's got this great circle of influence so what would you call yourself some kind of nail monkey or something what'd you call yourself trained trained monkey trained monkey okay (laughs) hey man i'm telling you what if I'm a monkey like Jesus, that's exactly what I want to be. Now, now that you got this great circle of influence, you know. Kendrick was moved to LCSO, so now he has this great circle of influence. He's going to start harvesting those dudes. We've already been working Springfield. We got a couple others I'm going to get online. So, you know, Amanda called me about someone that needs some help, and and. And she was going to reach out to me on Sunday, this this gal and her husband, but something went south. But guess what? We're harvesting. Why? Circle of influence. Circle of influence. Lands cabinets. Let's convert them all. All right? Yeah, well, I can't. Man, everybody outside of Christ needs it. Look, the, look we, we have what? How many guys here? 20 guys? 50 next year? 100 the year? That is not impossible. If each one of us goes and draws a couple in, man, we got it. See, so what are we doing it for? So they make it to heaven. I don't care about money. I want people to get to heaven. Man, this thing is almost done. Man, I got a feeling that we're all going to be in the poorhouse, but you know what? That doesn't matter. What matters is if we're in a jail cell or we're, you know, just talking to people about the Lord and drawing them in. That's all that matters now, gentlemen. Really, it all it's all that matters. Yeah, we got to take care of our kids, man. That's great stuff. We got to take care of our wives. But we'll do that. God will allow us to do that, but we don't have to have all the great stuff. I see myself, gentlemen, at the end of being in a in a in a slave camp. They're doing it right now in China. They're just going to import it here. And I'm okay with that because you know what that does? <laughs> I got a captive audience. You know what I'm saying? Paul in prison had a captive audience. He was converting the guards. Get that picture, gentlemen. The pictures are everywhere in the Bible. Man, that was a great sermon. You got me fired up. All right. Think these guys need to take a break, Brian, before I cut you loose on them? 
Okay, great. Let's take a 15-minute break, and then we'll come back, and, and I'm going to stick Brian on. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.